And now, Box 39 Red Button is handing over its slot to one of its stablemate programs. Welcome to Bill's Big Bag of Musicologies, where we cast our ears back to musical selections from past editions of Box 39 and the essential analyses and commentaries by Guppy Productions' very own aid. That is to say, me. This is Cone Radio on 106.6 FM. Here we have the musicologies from an episode of Box 39 on the topic of new. Please don't dominate the rap track if you've got nothing new to say. Back up the track, this train's got to run today. I spent a little time on the mountain, spent a little time on the hill. Heard some say better run away, others say better stand still. Now I don't know, but I've been told it's hard to run with the weight of gold. This is the Grateful Dead playing New Speedway Boogie, which was written about the disaster at the Altamount Speedway concert in 1969, when the Rolling Stones hired the Hells Angels to work security. The lyric, In the heat of the sun, a man died of cold, refers to Meredith Hunter, an audience member who was killed by the Hells Angels. Garcia referred to the concert as a nice day in hell. Grateful Dead lyricist Robert Hunter wrote this song as a response to an indictment of the Altamount affair by rock critic Ralph Gleason. Hence the lead in lyrics, please don't dominate the rap jack if you've got nothing new to say. About things we've gone through Though it's hurting me Now it's history I've played all my cards And that's what you've done too Nothing more to say No more ace to play The winner takes it all Standing small Beside the victory That's her destiny Now, this song, The Winner Takes It All, is obviously not being performed by ABBA, but it is an ABBA song, and it is being performed here by Christina Martin, who presumably ran out of new songs of her own. 
It's a fairly earnest and worthy effort, but ultimately it's unremarkable, as is so often the case with cover versions. Now, can you name five cover versions of songs that were, to your ears anyway, immeasurably better than the originals? Give me a moment and I will nominate five. The gods met through the days Their minds as cold as ice And someone way down here Loses someone dear The winner takes it Okay, here we go. Joe Cocker's With A Little Help From My Friends was better than the Beatles' original version. Ava Cassidy's Songbird was better than the Fleetwood Mac original. Janis Joplin's Me and Bobby McGee topped country pop singer Roger Miller's original. Manfred Mann's Earth Band's version of Blinded By The Light was better than Bruce Springsteen's original. And The Clash did I Fought The Law better than Bobby Fuller... Bobby Fuller... Floor, 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 better than the Bobby Fuller Four did. What about yours? You're listening to Bill's Big Bag of Musicologies, an intriguing compilation of Aid's musical choices and the odd commentaries he thinks we need to hear. Simon and Jane felt decidedly less gung-ho about their mission after gazing out silently from their balcony at the sprawling bustle of 16 million strangers. Back in Colchester, Lagos had been a mere dark orange dot in the atlas. They'd lost their handwritten notes, so they used a PC in the hotel lobby to review the emails and other data to prepare for the planned confrontation. The first search coughed up a sight they'd never seen before. It was like a shard of glass, it said. Jane Mary is not the deceased Nigerian finance minister's widow. It is an obvious scam. So, this is the new year, and I don't feel any different. The clanking of crystal, explosions off in the distance, and I have no resolutions for self-assigned penance, for problems with easy solutions. So everybody, put your best suit or dress on. Let's make believe that we are wealthy for just this once. Lighting firecrackers off on the front lawn as 30 dialogues bleed into one. I wish the world was flat like the old days. Then I could travel just by folding a map. No more airplanes or speed trains or freeways. There'd be no distance that could hold us back. So this is the new year. 
dog to keep quiet There's something telling me That you inviting me This is local radio at its finest. It's smart, it's responsive, it's ingenious. Why have we chosen this song? Well, it works on three levels. First, the theme of this show has been new. And yes, you've got it already. This song is about how the singer has got a brand new combine harvester. And that really is what the song is about, despite all the sexual innuendo. She has approximately twice as much land as he does, but she doesn't have a combine harvester, or at least not a new one. Second, is that sexual innuendo I mentioned? We, of course, disapprove of it strongly, but by playing it on the show anyway, we are being post-ironic. Third, in 2019, we let Box 39 become very urban, very Colchester inner city, very downtown Wivenhoe. And here we are, with the help of the Wurzels, we are signalling to North East Essex that in 2020, Box 39 is going to reach out to the rural communities that are reportedly all around us. Local radio at its finest. proper disgrace now if i cleaned it up would you change your mind i'll give up drinking scrumpy and that larder alive cause i got a brand new combine harvester and i'll give you the key come on now let's get together in perfect harmony Grand couple, let that last Wurzel dance. Oh, you wore brand new gaiters and me corduroy pants. In your new Sunday dress, with your perfume smelling grand. We had our photos took in a sold in end. Now I ain't got a brand new combine harvester, and I'll give you the key. Now that we mow past our fifties, we think that you and me should stop this. Listening to Bill's Big Pack of Musicologies, an astounding compilation of Aid's choices of music and the unexpected things he says. I learnt something new the other day. It was something new about my country of origin, and something new about me. At least, it was new to me. It's not every day that an expat of 28 years standing learns something new about Britain and realises that he's been getting something wrong time and time again, virtually every time he's talked about himself and tried to say clear, succinct, but true things about the country of his birth. 
The he and his I'm referring to is, of course, me and mine. One should be clear. The one being me, meaning I should be clear. We should be clear, including me, by which I mean I and me. But I digress. For 28 years I've been telling people that I come from South East England. I would say this in order to explain my accent. Some people find my accent difficult to understand, perhaps those brought up on American or Australian English, while others find it easy and neutral, so to speak. Some have even said I have a broadcaster's voice. Now I may have in fact lived in Berkshire, Manchester, Todmorden, Oldham and Shaw in the long distant past, but I always describe myself as coming from St Albans in Hertfordshire, having lived there from 1971 to 1982 and then 1989 to 1991. To be honest, when talking to taxi drivers, bartenders, people in meetings, students, people in waiting rooms, train stations, airports, people in hotels, cafes, bars, offices, schools, campuses, colleagues, and strangers too, on my travels, I haven't always bothered with the words St Albans and Hertfordshire. Instead, I'd offer one hour north of London. Oh, London, they'd say, having heard of it. London? I once met a tourist from London, they'd say. Do you know someone called John? So I have been telling people that I come from South East England. Lo and behold, the other day I came into possession of some new information. Technically speaking, Hertfordshire is part of Eastern England. It isn't South East England after all. The East of England is one of nine official regions and comprises Norfolk, Suffolk, Cambridgeshire, Essex and Hertfordshire. Apparently it was created in 1994 and was adopted for statistical purposes from 1999. Its population at the 2011 census was 5,847,000 and its largest city is Norwich and I say that for statistical purposes. Meanwhile the southeast of England, the place I've been telling people I come from for all these years, consists of Berkshire, Buckinghamshire, East and West Sussex, Hampshire, the Isle of Wight, Kent, Oxfordshire and Surrey. Population 8,634,750. Largest city Brighton and Hove. So now the question arises, how do I explain my accent? to the taxi drivers of Indonesia. Do I have a Southeast England accent? Or do I sound like I come from the East of England? This is new territory for me. This is Cone Radio on 106.6 FM. Here we have the musicologies from an episode of Box 39 on the topic of Colchester Garrison. Assisting Help with us 
right, so the connection to Colchester Garrison here is the title of this song by XTC, which is Sergeant Rock is going to help me. Sergeant Rock, yes, that's right. This is what most people would consider to be a tenuous connection to the garrison. So I thought I'd run through the ranks of the British Army, from bottom to top, starting with the NCOs. The most junior rank is Private. Then we have Lance Corporal, and then Corporal, and then Sergeant, and then Staff Sergeant. And then we have Warrant Officer Class 2 and Warrant Officer Class 1. That's the lot as far as the NCOs are concerned, and now we run through the commissioned officer ranks from the most junior to the most senior. The most junior is second lieutenant. Then you have lieutenant, captain, major, lieutenant colonel, colonel, brigadier, major general, lieutenant general, and then general. There's also the rank of Field Marshal, but the British Army doesn't have Field Marshals in peacetime. It used to be a ceremonial rank for retiring Chiefs of the General Staff, but no longer. Now, as for Sergeant Rock, uh, I've always assumed he was in the Army, but of course he might be in the police. It's a song by the Cocteau Twins from 1990, and as with almost all their songs, it is nigh on impossible to figure out what lyrics Elizabeth Fraser is singing. But as I did my research for this show, I realised that this song is about the old Garrison Church in Military Road, which was built in 1854 and is the oldest surviving Garrison building. Because the song was written almost 30 years ago, it doesn't mention the fact that garrison services were transferred to a new church built on the St. Michael's estate behind the community centre. The old garrison church was a former Crimean War era hospital, similar to those that were shipped in prefabricated sections to Florence Nightingale at Balaclava. With Russia now having annexed the Crimea, it is a nice touch that Elizabeth Fraser is actually singing this song in standard 19th century Russian which I plan to look into as it may explain why I can't understand any of the lyrics on the Cocteau Twins 1990 album Heaven or Las Vegas. so cynical. They prey upon me. They do. They exploit my love with their greed and my devotion. My need to have it all, to gather it all in, to not miss out. The 1988 CD release the 1991 digital remix. 
the 1997 digital remaster with two bonus tracks, the 2005 remaster deluxe edition, the 2010 30th anniversary reissue, the 2010 30th anniversary reissue Japanese version with bonus live disc, the 2016 digital remaster. And now, the 2021 definitive remastered version. I bought it over and over again. The same album. I am helpless. I am a completist. from Van Morrison's latest album goes out to all the inmates at the Glass House in Colchester where, we are led to believe, having access to only Colne Radio is part of the British military's harsh punishment regime. With its high fences, tight security and military regime, it looks and sounds very much like a prison. 
The Ministry of Defence says that it's not. Officially, it is known as the Military Corrective Training Centre, and it's where all those found guilty of breaking military law are sent. Military prisons were first established in 1844. All would become known as the Glasshouse, after the military prison at Aldershot, which had a glazed roof. Now, the site at Colchester in Essex is the only one of its kind in the UK. It can house up to 284 detainees and about a thousand members of the three branches of the military pass through its gates every year. This is Cone Radio on 106.6 FM. Here we have the musicologies from an episode of Box 39 on the topic of We Love the 21st Century. There's an ancient bridge that lives in me as old as rain as old as dreams I can't stop now I'm in too deep I lose myself in the wonder of things There's a faultless God Counts my sins He follows me around On devil's wings Ah, but I don't care What he thinks of me Not when I lose myself In the wonder of The wonder of things will vary from person to person. The little things that make you happy are inevitably up to you, but it is a wonder how simple such things can be. Never mind the wonder of the blood falls in Antarctica, or the rainbow eucalyptus trees in Hawaii. What about the wonder of things like completely peeling an orange with one peel? What about the wonder of interpretive dancing when nobody is watching? Waking up early and realizing you have hours to sleep, or finding a serious bit of money in a pocket that you'd forgotten. What about the smell of rain on tarmac, or taking the first sip of a beer that you've been thinking about all day, or taking off your shoes when you get home, or popping bubble wrap? These are the true and everyday wonder of things. You're listening to the Zainish of AIDS Munoz musical selections and the Zirish things we need to hear.
It's your Beatles being back of music colleges. Too many people expend too much energy trying to insulate themselves completely from the possibility of vicissitudes, of the ups and downs and the rough and smooth of life. Sure, no one goes looking for unpleasantness or setbacks, but people can end up numb if every step they make is calculated to avoid them. Opportunities are not seized and instead their risks get weighed and weighed until the opportunities are gone and missed and you never know what might have happened. We should not be afraid to feel it all. Happiness is all the sweeter if we have known sadness. Success is all the sweeter if we have known failure. Safety is all the sweeter if we have faced danger. It is better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. I say we should feel it all. Yes, that's right. Just feel it all. recently decided to quit a job that I enjoy immensely, which I've been doing for 12 years in four-month stints each year. All things being equal, I could have continued doing it for another five years or more, and possibly enjoying it more and more. But I have decided to quit anyway, and I feel good about it. Last year and the year before, I suffered from bad health, and it got me thinking about calling it a day. Back to good health this year, I have quite simply never enjoyed doing it as much as this. So should I have hung on for a few more years and seen if I could repeat this year's good as it gets feeling? Or should I have just waited for the gradual accumulation of negative things to take the decision out of my hands or bring it to an end on a more deflated note? 
I decided to quit while I felt on top. One has always got options. Living in a materialistic and consumerist culture, your aspirations and perspectives on yourself and everyone around you are under constant assault. You are constantly asked, both directly and indirectly, if you could be happier than you are, or as happy as you could be. You are asked to question yourself as to whether you have a good enough car. You are asked to question yourself as to whether you have a big enough house. You are asked to question yourself as to whether you give your kids enough stuff. You are asked to question yourself as to whether you have the right body shape, a good enough face, or the right condition of hair. You are asked to question yourself as to whether you have visited the right places and seen the right sights. I say shake it off. That's what I say to you. Shake it off. Just shake it off. It's like my feet have the plague. Foul-smelling durian fruit are banned from airline cabins, but my feet aren't. Shop staff don't let me try shoes on. They have that right. In people's houses, I leave my footwear near cat litter trays in the hope of establishing plausible deniability. I sleep under different bridges each night in order not to become infamous. But ultimately, it is really me who is the principal victim. So I am placing my feet in self-isolation inside my virtually airtight python boots and keeping them approximately six feet distant from my nose at all times.
The planned Colne Radio Funplex will be a family fun centre with outdoor amusements and water park, plus indoor arcade, go-karts, bowling and much more. The Funplex will be your party headquarters. Book your birthdays or other special events and more. For class trips, church outings, reward banquets and everything else, the Colne Radio Funplex will make your group get-together a hit. Or you will be able to give your company a unique corporate event and a fun team-building experience. And it gets even better. With a Funplex wristband, you can come early and stay as long as you like. Check out every ride and attraction we have to offer and ride your favourites again and again. Stop by the Colne Radio Funplex, once it's built that is, and get your wristband for an unforgettable day of fun. creatures had escaped. They were skedaddling free across the meadow. All heaven broke loose. Children squealing, scampering around, with ice creams melting on their hands. Dogs bucking and bounding. White-haired elders sitting up in their deck chairs, waving their arms. Strapping menfolk, finally cornering the miscreants by the fence adjoining Pearson's farm. And so, the ritual would be repeated the following year. And the year after that, the discreet green string, the sprung gate, the creatures being freed from their lanes, the running children, the loopy dogs, the pointing pensioners, the comforting familiar pig race at the annual village fair. When I first came to Indonesia, 
the 20th century still had one more decade to go. In charge, we still had General Suharto, who had come to power as a dictator in 1966, after stepping in to save the country from a coup that wiped out all of his rivals, and that he almost certainly staged himself, while blaming it on his opponents, a few million of whom ended up dead in the following year or two. He was forced from office after 30 years of regular rigged and rubber-stamped elections and an era of very orderly kleptocracy. This happened because of the 1998 Asian economic crisis, a widespread and bottoming-out financial debacle not much felt by the good people of Northeast Essex. And this happened immediately before we all arrived in the 21st century. Suharto's fall ushered in a new era of reform and nascent democracy. So far in the 21st century, we have had five general elections, relatively free and fair, and five peaceful handovers of power, five different presidents, and with only one ex-military figure among them. The current president, Jokowi, who is as not military as not military can be, was once the owner of a furniture factory, before successful stints as the mayor of a large city, first, and then of the capital city, Jakarta. He is now embarking on his second term, having recently trounced the as-military-as-military-can-be General Prabowo, who set out his stall to become a Donald Trump-type president, but with a background in actually running death squads. So we are now 20 years into the 21st century, and what do we have to show for this new era of reform and nascent democracy? Well, plenty, I'd say. A fast-improving health system, a less-rigged justice system, improving schools and universities, and there is the ever-strengthening freedom of speech and freedom of association, the dampening effect of a suffocating bureaucracy with all its corruption and cronyism has been significantly lifted, at least for ordinary people, and the middle class has exploded on a sensational scale numbering about 5 million at the beginning of the 21st century, and then a spectacular 75 million just six years ago, and it's thought it will reach an estimated 140 million by next year, and that's out of a population of 280 million. This extraordinary expansion of the middle class has brought with it the irresistible need for greater political and entrepreneurial freedom, better schools and hospitals, more shops, more places to stay, more transportation, better TV, a better selection of crisps in convenience stores, fast internet, political activism, cinemas showing foreign films not as censored as they used to be, butter and cheese that are not in tins, and so on and so on. 2019 Will this country ever be squeezed like a genie back into its General Suharto bottle? I don't think so. Warts and all, and even with certain persistent problems notwithstanding, and new ones admittedly creeping in, I'd say, reporting here from Indonesia, we love the 21st century. The beacons and the baubles, the lantern on the stairs. I almost hung my hat there. It was really quite a scare. The candles on the altar almost caught me in their glare. I was almost blinded by the light, and a voice I thought was there. I almost saw a shepherd and lambs there being fed, but the hunger that had them bleating was hunger inside their heads. The baubles are like fireworks, fleeting across the sky, making countless different colours shine like beacons inside our minds. For roads that seem bound for nowhere are really 
quite a scare. That's all we have time for. You have been listening to Bill's Big Bag of Musicologies. Musicologies is a guppy production for Colne Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience. Mm-hmm.